I'm Diana Penanchel, Associate Editor of American Libraries, the magazine of the American Library Association, and you're listening to Call Number with American Libraries. Small businesses are a big part of every community, and libraries offer a wealth of resources to support them. From research assistance to specialized programs and grants, libraries help ventures of all kinds flourish. This episode, we're highlighting how libraries and librarians are supporting entrepreneurs who are Black, Indigenous, and people of color. First, American Libraries Associate Editor Megan Bennett talks with Madeline Ildefonso, Managing Librarian at Los Angeles Public Library. They discuss LAPL's Be a Successful Street Vendor program, which provides patrons with the knowledge they need to sell items in the city. Then, I speak with Syra Raza, Business Librarian at Emory University in Atlanta. She shares how academic librarians can help students fine-tune their business ideas and develop skills to support the entrepreneurs around them. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. When we ban books, we're closing readers off to people, places, and perspectives. But when we stand up for stories, we unleash the power that lies inside every book. Let freedom read during Banned Books Week, October 1st through the 7th, 2023. More information, free downloads, and cool Banned Books Week materials and apparel can be found at www.ala.org forward slash bbooks. Los Angeles Public Library's Be a Successful Street Vendor program equips patrons with the information and resources to operate their own street cart. American Library's Associate Editor Megan Bennett talks with Madeline Ildefonso, Managing Librarian at LAPL, who explains the training courses her library offers and what impact they have had on the livelihoods of the BIPOC community in LA. Can you briefly explain what the Be a Successful Street Vendor program is for our listeners? So Be a Successful Street Vendor or Sea Un Vendedor Ambulante Exitoso is a program that was supported by the American Library Association by way of a Google grant through libraries built businesses. And the LA Public Library worked with Community Power Collective, Calibri, Immigrants Rising, Inclusive Action for the City, Public Council, and local street vendors to build and collect useful resources to help vendors be successful. Primarily for the mini courses that we're going to talk about today, those were developed with a company called CellEd, and CellEd does work uh, worldwide, and it's micro-learning. So these are three to five minute lessons that you access via smartphone or flip phone. They do have access to coaching, and the lessons are basically text and response. And so you learn, you can repeat them as many times as you want, but you learn at your own pace when you are able to. And the reason why it's text is because not everyone has access to smartphones, but also just to make it the most accessible that it can be for people. So if you do have a smartphone, you can download it through an app, but if you don't, you can just use WhatsApp or you can text. We have additional resources and links on the portal about mental health resources, legal resources for victims of crime, additional in-person assistance options. And then we also offer appointments for small business health. What inspired the library to create this kind of programming specifically for the street vendor industry? And what needs did you see in the community that you were looking to fill? In my job at the Los Angeles Public Library, I'm in the Office of Civics and Community Services. And this work unit manages a lot of our health literacy related programming, health activity related programming, money literacy, financial literacy. 
And additionally, we manage our New Americans initiative. And in that program, I work with a lot of immigrants. And one of the pillars of immigrant integration is to have economic mobility. And so when we look at how people start to become small business owners, kind of if you dial it back a little bit and dial it back a little bit more, the first step to becoming a business owner um, maybe to be a street vendor. That is kind of your easiest way to get started. And so we thought with the recent re- legalization of street vending in the state of California, that we would look into seeing how this population is being supported and transitioning from working ad hoc, if you will, into a very regulated industry. And so we started reaching out to a lot of community partners, but that's how it got started. And do you mind explaining a little bit for those who maybe haven't seen the program on the website, the different kind of courses that are offered through the Be a Successful Street Vendor program um, and what kind of topics are covered in those? The program as a whole is comprised of different sections. We have overview and permits, which is introduction to what sidewalk vending is and information about municipal and government permits that you need to operate in the city of Los Angeles. These are recorded presentations done with an adjacent contractor. We have the Sellout Pathways, which are the free courses that you learn at your own pace. They're in English, Spanish, and some of them are English as a second language. Courses are um, based in the information that we got from vendors. So we have a English for your business. That was a huge thing. So we have information about general customer service principles, solving customer problems, and building up business vocabulary. That was something that came up in our focus group meetings with the vendors. They really wanted to learn what are the common words that they should know and learn as part of how they talk to people who are business experts. Um, They wanted to know about marketing their businesses we did encounter literacy barriers, you know, traditional literacy barriers like read, with reading and writing, but more digital literacy is just a huge barrier. So people have smartphones, but sometimes the smartphones are just the, the very, very basic smartphones um, and they avoid getting apps and things because it's an additional cost. Because I think that a lot of the way that people think about marketing their businesses like social media and for people who have operated under the radar for so long, and it's great that the business, um, like street vending has become a legal business, but it really puts a spotlight if you're slow to be able to get all of the necessary paperwork completed for all the permits that are required. Um, It's really, really expensive. Intro to marketing was definitely something that people wanted to learn. So big thing that people needed to kind of learn more about was financial literacy. So they don't know how to make a budget. They don't know how to price their items to include taxes. That was a big thing. Like, what are taxes? (laughs) You know, that was kind of like, as a business owner in the city, you will pay taxes on products that you sell. And the taxes you pay as a business owner, um, you know, go back to the city to support both the regulations that they follow, but the, in the enforcement, which is a little tricky, I guess. And then the other unit we developed was the community safety unit. And that includes bystander intervention and tips for self-advocacy for safety. So just general tips about being safe on the street, situational awareness, And then we incorporated another pathway, and that is one 
of digital skills. So it's email, using the internet, like what's a portal, what you do on a portal, how you might access information on a portal, digital skills for work, how to access and enroll in social services, um, and digital skills for banking. All of the products we developed were tested by the vendors. And so we took whatever feedback they gave and we made any adaptions we needed to make. I've read that more than 4,600 people have enrolled in this program or participated in this program in some way. What do you credit to that success? For people who are new to the United States or have been here a long time and just have not mastered the language, having access to resources that are meeting them where they're at and helping support business basics, financial literacy basics, safety basics, it's so important because we really did want to support what they identified are needs that are important to them. And I think we launched this very softly in late summer of last year, I believe. And I say I believe because we know that from managing our immigration services program, that word of mouth is usually the strongest way that a program can spread in a community. And we understand that in immigrant communities, a lot of the trust is based on someone's personal experience with success. And so we kind of wanted to see organically how things would evolve. And it's gone pretty well. And I think that um, we're doing a much larger resource fair this coming month. We intend to do workshops in library branches. And hopefully we go hit like learning circles as a place where people can come together and share their experiences with one product that they might be using. But I think the appeal is really that it's meeting people where they're at. And you know that when you work with people who are from the communities you intend to serve. What kind of feedback has the library received, if any, from those who have used the program or taken some of the courses? It's been really amazing, actually. I feel really comfortable knowing that it's built with the people who it intends to serve. And I feel like I 100% feel confident that the work that was created and the products that were developed are intentional, answer a need, are able to serve the community. We had such great feedback from the vendors when we worked with them, um, just how easy uh, it was to engage with cell ed, how um, accessible, you know, they can do it on their phone, they can do it anywhere. It was just really, they're like, I said in my email, like, how easy was that? I, I don't speak Spanish. I married into a Spanish-speaking community, an Indigenous language-speaking community. That's in my personal life. It didn't stop me and it shouldn't stop anyone from serving a community that they don't speak the language. And, you know, I would encourage people to push themselves, find partners that can help in that way. We have a lot of notes taken from these meetings that were translated and People had said like just really directly that this was amazing and they were so excited to be included and to have what they say become a reality. They were like, that's amazing. I, I never know it could be what it could work like this. And I was like, it's so great. But next steps for the program, do you plan to expand it, offer more resources to, to those who need it? Uh, what does that look like for LAPL? So sell it is not free. Um, and so the library does buy licenses that we are able to um, support so people can use a code to log in and access this information. So I'd like to be able to fund with the numbers and success that we know from this work to fund additional units that are co-identified with vendors um, or other small business owners in the city. 
but I think this is a great population to continue working with. And like I said, we're doing um, a resource fair with a lot of community partners. You know, like one of the planned events is working, like doing a presentation about basic accounting and it's being done by a vendor. So instead of pulling in an expert from another organization, this person happens to have done, you know, a lot of work in Mexico as an accountant before they moved to the United States, but vending was the profession that they chose to embark on. So they happen to actually have a little bit more um, background in formal education and accounting. So they're actually going to do the presentation, but we'll have workshops, resources, just identifying places and, and organizations that are available to support them. And like I said, we want to bring some of these resources from our main location into our branch library locations where vendors work around. And then learning circles have surfaced as a potential possibility. Um, adult learning circles are, you know, everyone getting together in a physical location to discuss what they might be learning virtually. So it's asynchronous learning. So you're going to be learning on your own. And then you come together to talk about the same things that you all have been reviewing, but you do, you know, it's a discussion group, essentially. We would like to build that out for the vending community so they can be learning about something on their own, but then coming together to talk about strategies or resources that they've either discovered or furthered on their own so they can be a resource for themselves. For anyone interested in building a similar program at their library, what advice do you have? I get a lot of great questions when I do presentations at conferences about either the New Americans Initiative, which this falls under the street vending program. I would say I, you know, I did this work through a grant. The New Americans Initiative is a budget line item that's funded by the city. So I do have funding in places where people don't normally see that kind of support. And I'm very grateful for the city of Los Angeles and the library department to support that work with such authenticity and, and good intention. I think you can still do things if you don't have the funding in terms of centering community voices and connecting with community partners to see what is available in your community to support. So sometimes it's just about surfacing connections and providing a space for people to connect. You can also um, look to see if other government departments, if you are a municipal library, like are there people that are doing this work, but kind of isolated from the other, from the people they're doing it for. Maybe there is a way that your agency can support them. In Los Angeles, the people who provide education and resources for, for vendors are also the people who do the enforcement. So it's a really tricky relationship for a lot of vendors to navigate. As a municipal worker, I completely understand that that's how a lot of departments are set up or municipalities are set up, we're delivering adjacent to that information, but we do support that information being put through our different channels. And sometimes, you know, partnerships with other municipality work units, partnerships with other CBOs and nonprofits, and then just talking and centering your community members. What do Dolly Parton, Baby Yoda, Channing Tatum, and Marcel Deschal all have in common? They're all library supporters featured on celebrity read posters from ALA Graphics. Shop dozens of read posters and other inspiring new items only available from the ALA store. Visit www.alastore.ala.org. Saira Raza is a business librarian at Goizueta Business Library at Emory University in Atlanta. 
We discuss how academic librarians can help student entrepreneurs jumpstart their ideas, as well as how librarians can equip themselves with the research skills needed to support their communities. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you have assisted BIPOC students with their small business questions at Emory? A lot of the students, they're taking entrepreneurship classes. So their ideas have a pretty big range in terms of small businesses to kind of big ideas. You know, in any academic situation, you're usually dealing with a group of people who have like a wide range of interests. So there's this aspect of trying to find resources that can kind of help all of them. But then there's a lot of specificity and a lot of different uh, approaches to these different ideas. So it can be anywhere from like trying to turn something that they know how to make, you know, maybe a food item or a body care product into something they can sell all the way up to like, I have this idea for an app or for a, a consulting company. So these are also vastly different. I think a lot of it is just trying to understand why they want to do what they want to do and helping them connect to resources that can hone their idea to a point where they understand where the value is in it for them. I, I know this feels like a really vague answer, but that's really kind of the, the fundamental part is they're coming with so many different ideas that it's really about understanding why they want to do it, what they want to accomplish and helping them kind of like ask the right questions. That's really where I feel like the intervention is helpful. What questions or challenges did they come to you with and what resources did you end up pointing them to? When it comes to folks, for example, who might have a B2B business to business idea, right? Uh, they have a specific skill set, let's say like strategy or, or uh, marketing strategy, or maybe an operational thing, like a technology solution that they can deliver. So some of the things that I might start asking is kind of like, are there specific industries that you want to target? Are there specific, is there a specific like specialty or a specific community in which you would like to work? And I think usually people kind of forget that they're already doing that in some way or it's because it's just so regular to them. They don't realize like, oh, yeah, I do work mostly with hospitals or I do work mostly with, you know, mom and pop stores. What kind of people do you like to be around? You know, I really like to be around artists and I really like to be around accountants or whatever. You know, you kind of have to dig a little deeper. So when it comes to that, especially for anything that's very local, you know, we might really start with a lot of local resources, like different um, trade associations might or professional associations might um, exist locally. We look at networking opportunities. I think just kind of starting to connect them with the community in which they want to work, either with their suppliers or with their with their customers, kind of depending on what they're trying to do. But try to help them develop a vocabulary for the industry in which they want to work or the type of role they want to play in that space. So really doing the research on where can I learn how to speak like the people that I need to be working with so that they can accept me as part of that community and I can find support and partners and customers. So I think that's really the first thing. Just kind of getting to know the landscape locally is really, really helpful. And that is may seem a little untraditional in terms of like resources, but there are, you know, we know there are directories, there are whatever databases you have for like filtering potential partners or filtering trade associations or different things. So we, you know, as librarians, we might have access to any kind of tool that can filter out companies by location, 
we can get them there, but it's like getting that question first, getting them to understand what am I really looking for? But that's usually, you know, when it comes to small businesses, a good start is kind of just a directory or something like that. They can get to know that landscape. I think it's also important to understand that this, you know, BIPOC is, as you know, not a monolith. This is a really wide range of different experiences, what that can mean. So I think students are going to be asking a certain type of question because these are business students, some of them MBAs, some of them undergrads, but either way, they're already in a situation of privilege just by the nature of being at the university that we're at. So they are having the opportunity to ask different types of questions. When you get into working with more specific communities outside of the university, for example, like refugee communities, or even, you know, through programs the local city might have with um, certain development initiatives, then you might have a different type of business you're trying to support. This is, you know, crafts and um, artisan type things, um, products that might be sold in other locations where, you know, so it's very different. I think sometimes with that kind of community, you might be supporting them with resources around how to manage a business, just like the basics of how do you set up your accounting and how, do, you know, so this is really, again, there's uh, many, many resources out there for that. Every person's going to have something that resonates them and what you have access to. But I think understanding what you have in your collection or what is available that reson that you can understand enough to share with somebody else or that is compliant with whatever program that you are helping, because usually you're as a librarian, you might be helping entrepreneurs through an, a third party, like a, a program, right? An entrepreneurship program. And that's another great way to find those communities that you want to work with, because they're already doing the work. You have a skill that they're just like, oh my God, this is so helpful. Like just teaching people how to do like advanced Google searches, where you can like look within a specific uh, website or have a more, you know, what you need faster. Finding things like regulations and specific county like ordinances and stuff that you need if you're starting a small business. You really have to get in the weeds with a lot of very specific local things that are going to be different. You're not going to memorize all of that. You just need to know the techniques. And if you can teach that to people through programs, then you're, you're making a big impact in that way. We recently just taught a seminar on business research basics on We Here, an online space for BIPOC librarians and library workers to access resources and engage in different discussions. Um, what motivated you to offer that seminar? And in other words, what needs did you see from the library workers perspective? Business research is a type of research that everybody, I, I feel like a lot of people at some point in their lives will try to do because, at, you know, we live in a time when you can have an idea and at least like, see, what does, does this have legs, you know, and it's so exhilarating. So what I found as a professional is that, you know, this is a really specific skill set that people don't get a lot of training in. So when um, my colleagues who work in other disciplines have a student that comes and asks them for a business question, they're not always equipped to answer that question. And even for themselves, as they're trying to find it, figure out like, hey, I took on this new leadership role, and I need to learn how to how to build a team. Business librarians can step in and help in a 
a lot of ways with not just entrepreneurship, but all types of business problems that every person might have job search career. I mean, this is like, this was a really big space. So I was like, you know, what can I share with my colleagues that might make them feel more confident in answering these types of questions when they come up, but also maybe exploring their own ideas of businesses that they have, because I do, I also believe that our space as librarians, there's so many skills that we can bring to different contexts, that there's a lot of entrepreneurial people that do what we do, you know, whether it's a side hustle or a whole business, you know, like there's a, a range of ways that you can use this uh, research techniques and, and knowledge to kind of like advance your own ideas. I am a little bit on a mission, I noticed, of trying to make sure people know that they're part of this. They don't just have to be spectators in a marketplace, that we can participate in it, but also these concepts are beyond profit making. It's beyond capitalism. This is research that can help you build communities. This is research that can help you organize. This is, re this is a research style that can help you advance ideas. What are some ways librarians can learn or teach themselves these business research skills? Right now, you could do um, conferences, local conferences. Actually, a lot of local uh, professional associations, your local SLA, your local business library association or regional, they often will have conferences and things like that. And you can learn a lot by going to those. They're smaller. You really you might have to seek them out a little bit more. They're not going to be as advertised as like these big conferences. You know, you can reach out and find out like locally what's happening. There's probably a webinar or something where you could be learning some techniques. And really the only way to do it, I think, is just immerse yourself in it. Like make an appointment with a local business librarian who works in your area and see if they would be willing to sit down with you for 45 minutes and just like show you like one area of a database. Even, you know, you may not have access to it, but you just want to see it. You want to put eyes on it. Depending on what industry you're interested in, there might be specialty databases. You go to the websites and watch the webinars or the demo videos. Just start to like understand the landscape of the resources. What advice or tips do you have overall for librarians who want to offer more business resources at their libraries? You know, making a guide of local resources like the local um, small business administration office or chamber of commerce, um, things like that. Um, even like business networks for like specific communities, like they have a lot of women's networks or BIPOC networks, any startups or innovation hubs, like get to know those places. I think just like go connect with those spaces and you can create guides and things like that. I want people to feel less intimidated by the process. I think one area, of course, is like fundraising, like how do I get money, right? That's like a really big thing. And I think maybe there's some work that has to be done with that relationship with what money is and what it looks like in the context of starting a business. Because I have found that a lot of times you just, if you network and you have resources, there's so many ways to make things that you want happen without having the cash on hand, right? And one thing that starting a business helps you do is really, really, really strip things down to the essentials. And that can be a really scary process, but it also can be very liberating. And you find that it's a principle you can use in other areas. What is the core element of like what I'm trying to accomplish right now? 
it's how we can access like that, those ladders and those like all of these like doors and windows and access points that have been closed off. Learning how to do this research is how you will open those doors for yourself and for people within your community. Looking to give your library's patron cards a makeover? You can purchase and download a variety of inspiring and imaginative designs from the ALA store. Plus, there's space to customize the design with your library's name or logo. Shop digital products at the ALA store at www.alastore.ala.org and liven up your library cards. Next episode, we're wandering the Windy City. Join us for a special tour of Chicago, our hometown, and where ALA's 2023 annual conference and exhibition will be held June 22nd to the 27th. Is there a story or topic you'd like us to cover? Let us know. Thanks for listening.